0: Hello friends and welcome to episode number 192 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's me, Patrick, here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Before we get started, Justin, it was a beautiful day in Halifax today. I went for a really long walk this afternoon, uh, but there was an overcast, so I left my sunglasses in the dugout. How's your day so far?
1: it's pretty good i uh i had a baseball game this morning that i umpired and it was early enough that i did not need sunglasses so you left yours in the dugout as well
0: i did yeah oh okay that's good yeah that's they were, good they are in the
1: case too all nice and safe so I, as i i don't like getting scratches on my sunglasses so Yep.
0: Yeah, you don't want anything to happen to your sunglasses at all so it's always best to just leave them in the dugout agreed uh not an ideal weekend for Toronto Blue Jays baseball. That's okay. We'll talk about it all. We'll, ta- we'll talk about the good, the bad, the whatever. Um,
1: yeah, we don't wear rose-colored sunglasses on this show.
0: That's right. We don't. <laughs> I like That was good. Um, <laughs> nice. I, like, I like that. Uh, if you like what we do, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and check us out. Find us at bfmdpodcast.com for our, I don't know, I guess there's a widget that plays our episode for you. Um, thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Go ahead and leave us a review or a star rating to help more people find us. Uh, it was an interesting weekend, though. Uh, very strange for me. I tweeted something out that got like just a ridiculous number of responses uh it was something i don't even know there's so many tweets that are related to it but it was uh just basically a tweet about the city connect jersey justin i I know you saw this but the the logo i don't remember the first name of the artist who did the impression of it but it was basically like a uh first nations art inspired uh Toronto Blue Jays logo and it looks friggin awesome and judging yeah. by the number of people who responded to this People like the idea. Yeah, the um, person
1: on Twitter by the way is at paints by Parkin is the original. Thank you artist. I
0: it got lost in the shuffle for me. I don't know who did the mock-up. It's the the art is based off of a painting uh, by Glenn Rabenna Uh, It's a beautiful painting. Uh, I'll go ahead and just retweet that while we're live. Um, But just a lot of people seem to respond to this. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. uh, Because I don't really... I'm bad at Twitter. I'm stupid. And it was just kind of cool for that to be there. And um, yeah, we just wanted to get more eyeballs on it. It looked like it was really fun. Um... Two things before we get into baseball, Justin, Um, and this is this goes for you too. This is a question that I want both of us to answer today. Okay. Um, Should we get blizzards tonight? Yes or no? Let me let me
1: answer your question with a question. When is the answer to that question ever a no?
0: Here's the problem. (laughs) I am not near Dairy Queen. I I don't have. I I
1: could walk there in about ten minutes.
0: Oh, that makes me so mad because I am nowhere near Dairy Queen, which means I'll have to use Skip the Dishes, which means a blizzard is going to cost me... It's going to be melted. Close to $20, and yes, it's going to be melted.
1: You want to know the hardest part about living this close to Dairy Queen? So the Dairy Queen by my house is in the parking lot of the strip mall where my gym is. So every time I go to the gym, I walk past Dairy Queen... Mm. the good thing about most days is that usually i go to the gym at like 5 a.m so dairy queen's not open yet yeah. On those rare occasions where i use my lunch break to go to the gym the drive-through is backed up you can smell the burgers it's just wafting out of there and i have to just walk past
0: i all right here's my thing uh i went for a walk earlier today uh during the game And you did uh, not go a to walk dairy Queen. <laughs> a walk that ended up burning 964 calories about half of a large Blizzard, probably. I don't know. I'm just a large. You think it's a, that's a large Blizzard? It's two thousand calories. Probably. Jesus, fuck. I don't know. Dairy-free. Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> frightening. Um. So, well, I guess that kind of answers my question. It's gonna have to be a no for me tonight. Well, it's, no, I'm looking it up. <laughs> it's like a. The shitty thing too is like I'm close enough that I could walk to a McDonald's oh, to okay. get a McFlurry. Uh, a Butterfinger Blizzard. Uh, nine hundred and
1: seventy calories in a large.
0: Oh shit! That's not that bad.
1: See, so you'd be at like an even. That's a butterfinger. I don't know. I just that's just what came up on Google. Um, yeah.
0: For a all minute, right, I'll- this
1: one this one shows a thousand. This other websites. So I don't know what is. I don't know what's correct.
0: I could go for another walk though and burn it off. You I could. could. I don't think I am though. I'm gonna just sit pretty at where I'm at. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna wait until Thursday night when we come back, and I will order a blizzard. Uh, for us to eat on the show, so I will be eating a blizzard. Okay. Yeah, that seems like a really good way to record a podcast. I
1: use this website for a lot of stuff Nutritioncharts.com and I'll, they have a large on here is twelve hundred and ninety. But it just says blizzard; it doesn't say what kind. I'm certain yeah. that some of them, depending what the filling is, would have more, and some would have less. So, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not a, something that you can just eat all the time because you will a bad time a cookie dough blizzard has 1340 jesus christ and, you know what
0: i haven't yeah. i haven't had a blizzard in a while so have I, I? It's, i'm gonna do we here's while, what i'll do i will say. i will do i will walk i will do the same walk every day all the way up to when we record and then right before we record i'll order the blizzard so i will have the blizzard on hand for when we record and i will be eating the blizzard while we talk about and the i MJs. hope you
1: talk the whole time with your mouth full of ice cream just to it's gonna end. be
0: discussed no i'm not no i will i will get a blizzard thursday how about that all right let's have let's do a blizzard episode
1: i'll probably just have an ice cream sandwich out of my freezer tonight because okay. i worked out already today oh you
0: know, know what i could i could have a cream skull i have a cream yeah, skull like very small It's decided
1: cream the cold yeah. treats have been decided on
0: that's what we'll do for today and then thursday we it'll be a blizzard episode there we go
1: as long as there's not an actual blizzard outside, I'll be okay.
0: I wouldn't even care if there was. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. The other question that we have to address in our introduction segment today. At what point are we going to burn the red uniforms and never wear them again? Yes. What, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Now. Yesterday.
0: Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would have agreed. Uh, our record... Uh, there's no way to find stats for this, but the record... It's, it's definitely bad. it's definitely below 500. Well below 500.
1: And and not only that, they look terrible. We're the Toronto Blue Jays, not the Toronto Red Jays.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's also very generic. Like I understand, look, we're Canada, Canada Day, blah blah blah. Yeah. Just wear like that the red hat with the red maple leaf is sharp. I like yeah, it. it with Although the I wish it had a white panel. Give me like the white Ooh. panel red like so the whole hat is red red maple leaf and then white panel in the see front. i
1: would say let's let's ask new era to do that but they would also throw like some random like white spray paint that looks like bird poop on it just to make it
0: yeah energy. the uh, the fucking easter ones they did this year that oh, were like God, pastel so yellow bad. and and uh whoever's buying
1: those hats please stop green yeah just please stop don't it has to them.
0: stop it has to stop somewhere okay let's get into baseball i know you've got something teed up right away i'm really excited about this <laughs> segment and up. then we're going to talk about a <laughs> s- segment that's less exciting i know i you went for the pun i'm sorry <laughs> i squished it but uh it's we'll we'll do a brief recap of the twin series didn't go great uh and then we'll preview the kansas city royals we're gonna be at Kauffman stadium it's a cookie cutter stadium but it's one of the most beautiful in baseball, whether you like the Royals or not. Uh I get why Jays fans don't like them, but that fucking Amish it. kid. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck was that kid? Anyway. All right. Let's let's do it We're right off the bat. I'm so excited. Talk about this segment. This is a prospect we have. Uh do it.
1: Oh uh, yeah, it's not so much of a segment, it's just Ricky Tiedeman. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically we're, it's it's Ricky's world, and we're all just living in it at this point. This kid's nineteen years old, Patrick. He doesn't turn twenty until August the eighteenth. He was born in two thousand two. How old does that make you feel? This kid is this. Not I was I was nine ideal. and a half when this kid was born. Like,
0: I was sixteen. Oh, yeah. actually, what, what was what's his birthday? Two
1: thousand two, August.
0: No, August. Oh, I was sixteen.
1: Yeah, yeah. You were driving when Ricky Tiedemann was born
0: no i wasn't but yeah
1: you were were of the age to drive
0: i could have yes if i wanted to put in the I did not until i was older but that's fine that's fine yes ricky tiedemann
1: was in in a a diaper when you were behind the wheel of an automobile oh and now he is lighting really don't like this high a ball did you know the average age for a pitcher in high a is like 24
0: (laughs) No, it's not. Shut he, up. Ricky
1: Tiedemann is four point two years younger than the average pitcher in high A ball. Oh my god, he's six foot four as well. Yeah, he's yes, he is big. He is the like the exact same body proportions as I am, except he throws left handed.
0: Uh, and also, he's <laughs> number one hundred on the top one hundred prospect yes, list for MLB. At age nineteen in high A ball. That's um, sick, dude. He's he's, he's, uh, he's oh my god. So he
1: started the year in Dunedin. Obviously, we we talked about him in the farm report. Um, He had had only pitched like five games that time. So in Dunedin, he threw six games, all starts, 30 innings, so average of five innings per start. His ERA was 1.8. His whip was 0.80. He struck out 49 batters and walked 13 in those 30 innings. So a a batter and a half per inning, strikeout pitcher. Um, That's good. Allowed one home run. And, that, and only six runs the entire time on 11 hits and 30 innings. So he was promoted to Vancouver in May. and He has started three games there for a total of 14 and two thirds innings. So just under five innings per start, pretty consistent with what he was in Dunedin. In those 14 innings, he has struck out 19 he has walked two. He has hit two batters there as well, but he's only given up one earned run. He's given up three total, but two are unearned, and six hits so far for a 0. .55 whip and an 061 ERA in high A ball. At what point did the Jays just, like, send this guy to New Hampshire as a 19-year-old?
0: Probably late July. Do you think it
1: happens before he turns 20 in August? No.
0: Oh, uh, yes. Yeah,
1: I think I think they, they probably... Uh... This is his first pro season, by the way, because he was drafted last year in the third round at ninety-one overall, um, and he's already on the top one hundred. It's 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 been a year since he was drafted, and he's already in the top one hundred prospects as a nineteen-year-old left-handed pitcher. This this kid is like, it's crazy, it's just how just what he's doing as a nineteen-year-old. Like we haven't seen a pitcher at that age. In this organization, in a long time, doing what Ricky is doing, and I'm curious to see how far they can push him. Um, it's funny that Fangraphs has his ETA at 2026 because that's four years from now.
0: Four years from now, yeah. If
1: he keeps pitching like this, he'll be up next year. <laughs> this right.
0: Yeah. Do they actually think like?
1: No, those are from, those are from their preseason rankings. You know, like
0: right. He we actually did discuss uh, Tiedemann, yeah, if I'm did. not mistaken, yeah, uh, during our preview yeah uh, way back when yeah go ahead and check that out if you're if you like old episodes yeah that would have
1: been from the lockout days basically
0: god that feels like six months a dark
1: time um for sure but yeah the empire yeah before the empire (laughs) um (laughs) yeah but yeah he's he's absolutely letting it up in the minor leagues this year and i'm i'm really curious to see how far they do push him this year if he can get to double a this year depending what happens with pitching and with Hanjin Ryu, who we don't know how serious his injury is. Like, I don't want to say Tommy Johns, but if Hanjin Ryu keeps having issues, he may have to have surgery.
0: Yeah. And if he's not
1: able to pitch next year, depending on what the Jays do in the offseason, maybe you see a guy like Tiedemann come into spring training and try to win a rotation spot as a 20-year-old. Like, it's possible. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, it's not impossible. I don't, I don't know if it's, it's not probable, I will I will say. It's I possible. I do think that if he gets to double A this year, he's, he, and he does well there, he probably debuts in triple A next year. And...
0: Can I read you a quote from Ross Atkins yes. regarding Ricky Tiedemann? You sure can. <clears throat> he has the stuff to compete right now in the major leagues, dot, dot, dot. It's a matter of really... <laughs> Uh, or it's a matter of being really... Uh, sorry. It's a matter of just being really consistent with it yeah. and building a full workload. This was... I put that uh,
1: quote in our Farm Report episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this is actually... I read it off an article that's on Jay's journal from Tyskin uh, Shushkowicz from a couple days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a, a nice little piece. So go ahead and check that out over on Jay's journal. Yeah. Um, I expect that... He will be fast-tracked to New Hampshire, I would think, by the end of July at the latest.
1: If he keeps pitching like this.
0: If he keeps pitching, yeah. Like, I don't know that he is, like, invincible. Like, I, I like I don't... God, I he's hope go- so. He's going to hit a bump in the road, but as long as he continues to perform like this... Yeah. Uh, th- Yeah, he will. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he does compete for a rotation spot. <sighs> Within the next two
1: seasons, yeah, and as a lefty, like that's very—it's very enticing and intriguing when you get a lefty to to move them as fast as possible. They seem to to progress a lot faster just because they're generally funky. Um, but yeah, I, I it's so tempting to buy MILB.tv ML, tv just to watch his starts. It would probably make it worth it, but
0: it's true. Yeah. Uh, Um, Yeah. One other thing. (laughs) One other thing that kind of interests me too uh, about this quandary that uh, the Jays have as far as fast tracking him, Um, I'm all for it, getting you know moving him up the ladder. But I don't know that the quality of your opponents really kind of changes until you hit AAA. Like nobody really throws a lot of off speed stuff. Or like weird stuff, or breaks pitches until AAA. There's definitely a big difference. Yeah, you're right. So like a lot of guys are just out there chucking their fastball as hard as possible until they get promoted. And I'm I don't know I, I I'd like to see what others I know. Obviously he's got he's a strong pitcher, but I want to know what his full repertoire is. But there's no savant metrics because no My minor leagues doesn't have it. So we'll have to wait for now to find out more information about him. But everything seems very promising. And that's exciting. It's been a while. Uh, It's been a while since we had uh, this level of excitement about a prospect. I mean, obviously Alec Manoa burst onto the scene rather quickly. And Nate Pearson has had shithouse luck. I've never seen a player have worse luck. You know what I'm saying than Nate? And it's kind of interesting now that we're kind of doing. There's this interesting position now where we have that open spot, Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's Cole Beasley's
1: in that or Jeremy Beasley? Sorry, Cole Beasley's the football player. Jeremy Beasley's in that open spot right now. He's in that forty man spot. So, but we don't know how long for (laughs) this.
0: Mm, (laughs) Maybe Um, not
1: as long as.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, anyway, let's talk about some some bench players for the Blue Jays,
0: <laughs> specifically the three bench players. The three that bench we
1: The the three lefty
0: amigos. I don't know how to make a pun out of that. It was it's a stretch, but I'll allow it. Yeah. I'll allow it. Um, yeah. The our bench, I would say two thirds of our bench have been hot lately and they are getting their chances they're getting their wax at the plate yeah um who do you want to talk about first
1: well let's go down the order here we've got ramel tapia at the top of the list here this guy's been on the roster all season obviously he was acquired in the trade for Randall gritchick along with a speedster from colorado adrian pinto i believe was his name um past seven games patrick 19 plate appearances for tapia he's had seven hits in that time for a 389 batting average four of those seven hits have been doubles two runs scored four runs driven in ops over 1000 in the last seven games so tapia has been playing pretty much every second day ish when they dh a springer he's been getting in there or when gary else sits he's been getting in there but uh yeah, he's, he's been playing well and slapping the ball the other way down the lines to give advantage of his speed. So you'll love to see that.
0: Yep. Uh, he didn't get a chance to play today, today being Sunday.
1: Yeah. The June twins the started fifth. a lefty, so these three on the bench did not start. Yeah, game.
0: and I don't. Uh, Tapia did pinch hit once in the 12 to 3 ass whooping, uh, mm-hmm. but did not register a hit. And he went 0 for 4. Uh, against uh, the twins on friday but that being said even though it's uh, a little uh, cooler series for him um i'm still really impressed and you called this uh quite a while ago that uh, it was inevitable that tapia was going to regress to the positive mean and uh lo and behold uh you were right he did so I guess my thoughts are, is Tapia, like, definitely, without a doubt, going to stay on this roster uh, unless some sort of magical trade happens? Like, he's definitely, like, a lock for a bench spot. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's he's a left-handed outfielder who can actually hit, unlike the other left-handed outfielder on the bench. Yeah. Um, he is fast, just like the other yes. left-handed outfielder on the bench. And has a lot of contact skill compared to the like, left hand batter on the bench he has power too <laughs> yeah he can hit some dingers he's got extra base power um he'll, he'll hit a couple of bombs a year his crew is nine but so i wouldn't expect too much of that but i mean he's gonna be basically a, a zero war player when all shakes out he's a negative 0.5 so far this year just because of the lack of power and the highest high strikeouts um but he's not gonna play all the time. Like he's going to play when there's a ready on the mound, when Springer's DH'ing he'll play. Like there, if he's in the lineup it's because somebody's got the DH spot most likely in the outfield. Or just getting one of their routine days off every seven or eight games, however it works out. But yeah, I think I think like you said, unless there's a, a, a mega trade which brings in a better backup outfielder or he goes the other way for somebody. I don't see it happening. I think he's on the team the rest of the season and beyond even. Hmm, he's a free agent after next season, so he still has one more year of arbitration.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as the consistent hitting is there, I don't see why not.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, he's a career two seventy seven hitter. So, I mean, if the, the guy's hitting two forty three right now, so he's got a little bit of room to to move yet but who knows if he can uh take a few more walks to strike out a bit less that number could be reached pretty quickly
0: yeah he's 243 on the year which is about 30 points higher than what it was at the start of may yep um and but we're starting to see uh other players uh bolster their numbers as time passes uh one of which is our next guy that we're going to talk about today who also did not play uh cambigio your yeah. guy. This yes. is your guy.
1: This is my guy. Yeah. So, Kevin, past seven games, 24 played appearances. He's been getting a pretty good amount of playing time, both at first base a couple times, as well as in the outfield and second base. So, he's been all over the place. Yeah. He's got six hits in that time, which equates to, well, in terms of his ABs, a 333 average. The good thing for Kevin is that he's taken a fair amount of walks in that time. Uh, he had a couple in the game last night, Patrick, as well as a double and a single, so that was nice to see.
0: Cashed in some runs, yep.
1: Yep, so he's got three extra base hits, so half of his hits have gone for extra bases. He's scored five runs, driven in four, and has stolen a base. The on-base percentage over that time is 500 even, and his OPS is 1,000 even. So uh, since his return off of the injured list, he's raised his batting average from like 0.41, 041 it's up to one fifty-nine now. So he is having a pretty good... Uh, resurgence. His war yeah. has dipped to positive territory. It was negative point something before. Now it's point or now zero point one. So at least he's moving into productive player territory. His WRC plus has risen from like twelve up to eighty. <laughs> so it's going to it take twelve, but
0: it's going to take a while before. Uh, yeah. Uh, his his average go- gets back to around where it should be so like the fact that it's already gone up 100 points in like a week's worth of games is pretty indicative of like the stretch in buffalo really helped him and he's you know he's contributing yeah Uh, whenever they can get the matchup advantage uh he'll be in the lineup Mm -hmm. um i'm really excited because uh because he can play everywhere he's like the super utility player that we really need Right. right now, and we, we really missed not having uh, a successful Cabin Biggio earlier in the year right. when this team was scuffling a little bit. I understand this series didn't go the way that we had hoped, um, but at the same time, the Twins are a good team and shouldn't have been taken lightly.
1: Yeah, the one uh, thing I'll say about Biggio, he's still striking out too much, but he is walking at the highest rate at this point of his career so far. So It's obviously I... only been 56 plate appearances total, but
0: yeah if i remember one of those strikeouts was a bit of an okie dokie uh not a great call but whatever i'm not here to a couple of them (laughs) yeah i'm not not gonna poop on every umpire forever um over that yeah uh overall though really promising um let's talk about the third guy and this uh, this sucks
1: (laughs) yeah this player sucks uh brownie zimmer Over the past seven games that he's appeared and only has 11 played appearances, no hits in that time, only stat he's accrued is one run. I believe that was probably when he pinned Rand for somebody. Yeah. Uh, a, a, he may have taken a hit by pitch or something too. He has a 273 on base or a fielder's choice, who knows? Uh, 273 on base percentage, which is the same number as his OPS because he hasn't recorded a hit, so therefore his slugging percentage is 0. This guy is only he's only really being used. He has had one start in the past seven games. He went 0 for 4, I believe, against the Angels. Uh, it was a game that Springer had a day off in. Uh, and he's only come in as like a late innings defensive replacement. And has maybe gotten in that bat or two here or there because of that. But at this point that's that's all he is. He's like maybe starting once a week because Springer gets a day off his feet and they don't put Tapia in center um
0: they're not even really you like yes he's been put on the base paths yeah and like yes he can steal and yes he's a very good defender but i don't understand why we're not just calling up somebody else yeah i don't understand why we're not using samad taylor he's gotta be close to a dfa you gotta think yeah
1: like the only thing he's bringing at this point is speed and defense and while that's great When you've only got a three-person bench you need those three people to be capable of of hitting in pinch hit situations or in late innings when they have to come in and maybe you tie a game up or something and they have to bat it once or twice like you need them to be able to hit
0: yeah (laughs) uh, i I'd, i'd be advocating for samad taylor to come up at this point i don't understand uh, like his numbers look really good. And like I said, he already has 20 stolen bases, uh, down in Buffalo. I'd like to see what we have in him. Yeah. Um, you could also justify bring up Logan Warmouth, uh, who is, uh, has a decent slash. Uh, although, uh, the average isn't ideal. There's power in that bat, And he also has seven stolen bases. So like at some point it has to be like, there has to be a decision made about, like, are is it worth it to have a, a guy who's hitting 100 on, on the regular roster? And it sucks because Zimmer seems like a pretty good teammate, and, and it's just, I don't know. He, the struggles at the plate are really, they're just sandbagging any chance he has a stand on this roster for much longer. I, yeah. The fact that it's June and he's still there is, is – is it's surprising. pretty surprising to me, yeah. It, it is pretty surprising. Somebody's going to get the call-up, whether it's Samad Taylor or Logan Wormit. Those are the two that come to mind. Could be Nathan Lucas as well. It could be Nate Lucas as well. I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, it, it, you could justify any of those three guys. It's going to happen, though. Yeah. Um, but two out of three bench players are, are giving us a lot right now, and I think that's really important. Uh, again... Tough weekend series. Yeah. Let Let's get into it. Uh, we don't need to really get into the the no the, the guts of it. What did you like? What did you dislike?
1: The good was definitely the the team hitting hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah. Um, Springer had a couple of leadoff bombs. He's had he's hit, hit his fiftieth career leadoff bomb today.
0: Uh, yeah, he now has the single season record for Toronto Blue Jays for leadoff and it's home runs. June
1: the fifth. <laughs> so. He broke Devon White's nineteen ninety one record of six leadoff home runs in a season, and it's June the fifth. So Springer's having himself a great season. He's uh, having a time. Yeah. Vladdy hit a couple of home runs in this series. Yep. Kirky hit a Kirky hit three home runs in this series.
0: He did. The um, I, I gotta say, like the more that time passes, and Kirk's hitting three hundred. Yeah. I I don't see how Kirk doesn't make the All Star game.
1: He's got to keep playing like this, but there's definitely a, a reasonable shot at him putting himself in the conversation. They usually usually three catchers go to the All Star game because they all catch three innings, and he's got like a good yep. shot to do it.
0: He's hitting four thirteen with a five oh nine OBP in his last fifteen games. Yeah, that's um, impressive.
1: Bill Bichette hit a home run yesterday as well. He got in on the fun. And then today, the Jays actually hit a bunch of home runs. But unfortunately, it came in They're a losing effort. Shot. Yeah, they had uh, Springer leading off the first inning. They had Kirky in the fifth. Chapman in the seventh. Espinal in the ninth. Espinal's was a two-run shot. But... Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, it was just a little too little too late. Uh, the tail of this series was really starting pitching. Um The Twins were able to score in the first inning of every game in this series, as were the Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. So neither team got great starts from their starters. Kevin Gosman was the victim today. We'll talk about this one of Sunglasses.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's just do it. Let's (laughs) Let's just talk about this one. Let's rip the band-aid off.
1: Yeah, let's rip the band-aid off to talk about this game because it's fresh in the memory. If you weren't watching, and if you were, you know what we're talking about. In the first inning... Um, the Blue Jays aggressively shifted the first two batters from Minnesota. And for some reason, I don't know why you're shifting on Louisa Ryes, who came into the game hitting 342. He's now hitting 358, by the way, because he had four hits today, but he slapped the ball to left field like four times today against their, their attempt of shifting him to pull, which as a guy who hits 350, he probably doesn't pull it a ton. Um, but anyway, him and Gary Sanchez both beat the shift in the first inning to put two runners on with nobody out first and second. Uh, Polanco hits a fly ball to right that 99 times out of a hundred or 999 times out of a thousand take Oscar Hernandez catches. Unfortunately today was the one time where he wasn't wearing his fucking sunglasses and he looks up into the sun and just squints and the ball clanks off his glove. It's lucky he didn't Derek Fisher, his face, but he misses it. So one run scores. It's now second and third with nobody out a batter or two later the Jays get a pop-up in foul territory by first base and Vladdy Griot Jr. also not wearing his fucking sunglasses doesn't see the ball it drops in foul territory there's two outs that they should have had Gosman ends up giving up uh, I think three runs in that inning um, and threw a bunch of pitches comes out in the second inning again a couple of weak balls a bunch of ground balls through the middle a broken bat jam shot he gives up a couple of more runs he ended up only going three and two thirds today. Three yeah. out of the five runs were charged to him as earned runs. You could argue that Vladdy should have been given an error, but because he didn't really even make an attempt on the play, you can't give him an error. It's just
0: that inning ends baffling. though. That inning would have ended before at least the third two, run. The third
1: run, yes. The first, the two runs that came in may have scored. Regardless if ta- if Tasker catches that ball. But instead of second and third, nobody out, it's first and second, one out. Or maybe first and third if the runner at second tag then goes to third. Brutal. You're you're either either way if Teoscar makes that catch, you're a ground ball away from a double play. But instead you give up a run and you have runners on second and third, there's no double play. Yeah. It's just a complete shift right away in the nature of the game. And unfortunately, those five runs that the jays gave up in the first two innings were really enough for minnesota to hang on uh the jays came into the bottom of the ninth down eight to three and they ended up scoring three runs in that inning to make it interesting and had the winning run at the plate in boba but weren't able to do anything with those runners on base um no but they didn't deserve to win this game because they nope they played themselves
0: Uh, Not great relief pitching either. Uh, Simber, Vasquez, and Beasley all gave up a run. Simber gave up a hot dog, uh, and Mm -hmm. so did Beasley. Uh, Beasley, if I'm not mistaken, in both of his appearances during this uh, series, was not good. Yeah. Uh, Yes. He gave up... Actually, uh, the hit that he gave up Friday was a home run, Mm -hmm. and one of the three hits he gave up today was a home run uh so yeah. the the jeremy beasley experiment is probably gonna be over
1: the good news for him he's he recorded nine outs five of them were via strikeout so he he's proved that he can get big league batters out by striking them out but when the ball's in play he's in trouble
0: yep yeah, that's not good um i i'm not gonna criticize like i don't simber is still an excellent reliever just yeah. it, the twins are a way better team than uh, I think what a lot of people uh, in Jay's Twitter might have expected. I did warn everybody on Friday that they're a better team than what you think. Yeah. And while, yes, they had players they were who were... They were shorthanded pretty badly. <laughs> yep. They uh, With Correa out and then a couple of their players uh, not making the trip because they're not vaccinated. Yeah. Um, they might be morons, but they're still competent baseball players. They were shorthanded and they ended up stomping. Yep. Uh, in that first game, and uh, they did enough in uh, game three to get the W. I mean, they lead the division for a reason. yep They're uh, they're a very good team. I enjoy watching them play. They're thirty two and twenty
1: four after today. They have one more win than the Blue Jays do. So.
0: Yep. Uh, they do have two more losses though as well. Yeah, they've played a couple more games. Yeah. They've played t- well. They played two more, three more games than we have, I think. Um, yep which is fine we're not in their division and we do play them again i believe yeah one more uh, time later in the year yeah target field that's going to be very interesting um with both teams at full strength could be could be an interesting matchup uh as far as the pitching like let's talk about jose Barrios. let's not let's not skip that because uh he has received more than enough criticism uh since the beginning of the year i wouldn't say it's unwarranted What's
1: that? I wouldn't say the criticism has been unwarranted either.
0: No, he's had more bad starts than good starts. But Saturday was a good start. Yeah,
1: didn't start um, off good.
0: <laughs> he got 19 swings and misses. Yeah. Uh, And 13 strikeouts uh, in seven innings pitched.
1: Yeah, new career high in strikeouts. He gave up a, a bomb in the first inning with, with one on uh, and one out to get to up those two runs. But those are the only two runs that he gave up over his seven innings. He really righted the ship there. It was looking dicey as usual for Brios right away out of the gate. But uh, the good news was that the Jades were able to score right in the bottom of the first. I think as a starting pitcher, when your team goes out and even just gets one run back, it probably helps you a little bit mentally because they give you yeah. a, a little bit extra, whether it's one batter if they hit a solo shot, but they just give you that little bit extra of a break and also that like kind of mental boost where you know that your team is battling. Um I feel like nothing nothing would be worse than if you had to come back out there after a three-up, three-down, bottom of the first to, to pitch right away. But by the time Brios pitched in the third, the Jays had taken the lead. All right. And he cruised.
0: Here's, Here it comes. Um, because I'm not going to ignore not talking about this either. Uh, Julian Merriweather with his third consecutive appearance where he, while he may have given up some hits, no earned runs. Uh, You like to see it. He did register a strikeout in the 12-3 stomp. Uh, He also pitched an inning in the Friday game. uh, Mm -hmm. Gave up a hit, but again, he got the three outs we asked for. Yeah, he's playing with some
1: fire, though. The whip is not not low.
0: (laughs) No, Uh, but at the same time, he is doing what needs to be done. Uh, We did get to see... Uh, Jeremy Beasley, we talked about that. Another Trevor Richards again. Oh, Jesus. I He was good today. Uh he gave up a walk, but still got through an inning without uh much concern. Yeah. I but he was not good uh in the game the uh the game on Friday. Neither was I... any blue jay though. No, he did get three strikeouts, but again, two earn runs like in order to win baseball games you need your relievers to not give up runs and uh, yeah. I don't know it was just it was a leaky boat this weekend. Trent Thornton gave up uh, a run as well uh, on Saturday mm-hmm. it, not that it mattered um, and then yeah we already talked about today so the the pen's not doing great but they're they're not so terrible that it's costing us games. I think these games the two that we lost were kind of lost before uh yeah it was it was kind it of was, out of was reach early
1: before the game was over like i mean the game on friday the twins took the lead then like they took the lead right away it was four to three after three innings but the twins scored in the sixth the jays didn't have a hit after the third inning in that in that game on friday, yeah
0: what are you gonna do uh nothing I yeah guess. it's tough to
1: it's tough to blame your your bullpen when your when your bats don't get a hit after the third inning at the same time you expect them to not give up five runs in that time but i don't know I, I just i have a hard time saying that hey the bullpen should have been better when the bats were terrible so and also kukuchi gave up three home runs so <laughs> lucky that three of them were solo shots
0: yeah so the jays they did get one at a 3 uh it's a you know it's a division leading team yeah uh there's a lot we, you know, we, we've I think we've done a fair share of criticism and praise. Uh, let's move on. Justin, we've got an interesting series uh, yeah. in one of the old cookie-cutter stadiums from the 60s. It's Kaufman down in Kansas City. Um,
1: yeah, sticking with the AL Central. It's uh, AL Central for the next two series, including this one. Um, the Jays just played the AL Central leading Twins. Now they go to face the... Uh, I believe last placed Royals, yes, who are currently seventeen and thirty four on the season. Ouch,
0: that's not good.
1: Yeah, there's three games coming up. Uh, a little bit an hour later start time than usual because it's a Central Time series. Uh, Monday tomorrow evening, the sixth of June, eight ten Eastern Time. Ross Stripling filling in for Hunjin Ryu gets the start for the Jays. He goes up against the left hander Daniel Lynch. Lynch is two and four with a four eight one ERA so far this season. Um, I don't know too much about this guy. I don't know that I've ever seen him pitch before. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be another lefty. The Jays just faced a lefty today who doesn't throw super hard. Uh, and then he was able to get a lot of weak contact. They did hit two home runs off of him. Um, Lynch does not have a pretty baseball savant page. He does throw 94. So he's not a super soft toss and lefty. He throws his fastball about 42% of the time. Slider sits at 86 miles an hour. He throws that about 35% of the time. Then he works in a changeup at 84 for the rest of it. Basically, has a curve that he'll float in every once in a while. But he's thrown in 43 innings this year, Patrick. Uh, 39 strikeouts, a 1.56 whip. So he does give up base runners. He will walk 10% of the batters that he faces. And he gives up a pretty good exit velocity. So, I mean, this guy... The potential to be hit pretty hard exists once again batters are hitting 321 on his fastball so the blue jays do like to hit fastballs so they should get a lot of them he throws it uh, about 40 percent of the time like i mentioned so yeah that's daniel lynch <laughs> um
0: i like this matchup because again strips uh we're fans of here and i think uh, him slotting into the Ryu spot in the rotation. It's kind of a good this is like a I think it's a favorable matchup to start I mean, the series. Anytime you get
1: to pitch against the last place team, it's pretty favorable.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see him I I, I know I, I if I recall correctly, about seventy five pitches. I think I don't think he's gone over that this year. Yeah. He might have, but I'd be um, surprised
1: to see him go more than four innings if that's what he can give them because of the fact that he hasn't started in a few weeks now since the last time he filled in for Ryu, so
0: i i would i would love to see him get five i would love it um and depending on what the score the game is probably going to see at least an inning from butter maybe another inning from merriweather We'll see we'll see what the score of the game is if it's if whether or not it's tight or not. Yeah, we did get our um, wish this again, weekend
1: though. Jordan Romano got a weekend off.
0: <laughs> yes, he did. Finally.
1: Jesus. Yeah, it was nice to see that. He should be fresh bad. for this week now, hopefully um, I can use him.
0: Since Daniel Lynch is kind of a favorable-ish matchup for this lineup. Um Kaufman is if I remember it's like middle of the pack.
1: It's pretty pitcher friendly because it's a yeah. It's good. It's it's cookie cutter like you said, but the dimensions are pretty deep.
0: Three thirty. Yeah. To left field, dead left, dead right. Mm-hmm. Uh, dead center is four ten, and then three eighty seven for left center and right center. It's very uh symmetrical, which I actually like, and I actually like Kaufman Stadium. I understand, like we have some animosity <laughs> with the uh, damn Amish kid. Yeah, like whatever. like. Um, but don't forget that one of the cool things that they have uh, in Kauffman is the Buck O'Neill legacy seat. That's very cool. It's still there. Um, Kansas City has a very rich baseball history. Of course, they're home of the, uh, the Kansas City Monarchs mm-hmm. of the Negro Leagues way back in the day. I don't know that they ever played in Kauffman. I don't think so. Kauffman, I think um, – I made a mistake earlier – It is actually, it was 1973 uh, was when it started. It was known as Royal Stadium there in Kansas City. I like it. I don't know. I like it. It it has a cool scoreboard with the crown. Uh, I hope we stomp them, but whatever. Let's talk about the middle matchup. Sure.
1: Just before we give up on this first one, uh, Daniel Lynch's last start, he went four innings and gave up six earned runs on nine hits, so... Uh, his, his, he has, hasn't struck out more than six batters in the game since, uh, the third start of the season back in April. So yeah, not going to strike out a ton of people. That's the last thing I'll say about him. Uh, let's go talk about our boy, uh, Alec Manoa a little bit here. Cause he goes in game number two. He's up against right-hander Brad Keller. Manoa is six and one on the year, Patrick with a 198 ERA. And fifty-seven strikeouts so far. He's actually he's also not been walking as many people as he did in his rookie season, which has been great to see. Yeah. Uh, going up against Manoa with an exact opposite record, one in six Brad Keller, a fellow righty. He's got a four fifteen ERA and thirty-three strikeouts. That for Keller uh being uh in a total of sixty and two-thirds innings pitched over ten starts. So he gives him about six innings per start so far. He doesn't walk a ton of people. Um, but again, he's he's got a he's he's a three pitch guy mostly fastball slider. He'll work his changeup in about six percent of the time. Fastball velo about ninety three, and the slider sits at eighty seven. Um, Batters are hitting actually not very well against his his slider this year, which is not surprising. A one sixty three batting average. They're hammering his fastball two seventy, and every once in a while he'll work a sinker in uh about quarter of the time and they're hitting 386 off of that so watch out for the slider if you can lay off that you've got a good chance of getting on base against this guy
0: interesting yeah i don't see a lot of home runs coming out of this series no um, his last
1: I... start he went six innings against cleveland give it four runs the start previous to that he allowed did allow two home runs to the twins so yeah
0: yeah well, I guess it's favorable because Manoa is kind of our saw Young. Maybe been the best. He's
1: been the most consistent Blue Jays starter for sure uh, this season. Obviously, we mentioned that ERA below two. He's, he's pitched 10 starts, 63 and two-thirds innings. His baseball savant page basically looks like Vladdy's. If Vladdy was a pitcher, it's all red, <laughs> which is very good. A lot of high percentiles. Uh, There, um, Manoa's been letting it up with his fastball and his slider this season, Patrick. Overall, uh, opponents are hitting only 217 against the fastball, 159 against the uh, slider. He's got the sinker that he'll throw almost 20% of the time, and he's throwing his changeup actually a little bit more, uh, 10% of the time. Uh, His most hard hit pitch is the sinker at 270. The changeup is getting hit at 238. So nothing that Manoa throws is getting bashed around and a lot of weak contact uh, against this guy people are topping things they don't barrel him up his barrel rate is 2.8 percent which is very very low that is very low 93rd percentile it's it's a good thing um it's well one of his highest rankings <laughs> good matchup then for the middle game yeah that's going to be tuesday night you figure that both biggio and tapia start that one because it's already on the mound especially since they probably won't start tomorrow with the lefty.
0: But, yeah. yeah, let's um, let's talk about this third game.
1: Yeah, this one's going to be fun. Um, Kikuchi this, gets This is going to be
0: the good one, I think. Yeah, this Kikuchi
1: is... going to take the mound, Patrick, and he needs to rebound after the three-hull friends he gave up this weekend. Uh, right, opposing Yusei Kikuchi for the Royals is Brady Singer who, if people aren't familiar with, uh, is a highly, t- or I guess was a highly touted prospect in the Royal system. Now, obviously not a prospect anymore. He's 2-1 so far this season, Patrick Marsh, with a uh, 4.15 earned run average, 30 strikeouts. He's been given up some hard contact, um, and guys are actually hitting very well against his slider. They're hitting over 300 against it. He throws a sinker, a slider, and a changeup with the velocity on the sinker, his fastball, being 94, 85 on the slide, and 87 on the changeup. So he throws a decent velocity. Um, But yeah, like I mentioned, guys are barreling him up. He's in the 8th percentile for barrel percentage. He does not walk people, though. 3.3 walk rate. 24% 24% strikeout rates he'll strike out of one in four batters essentially and he'll walk like three out of a hundred so not don't expect to walk too many times against this guy
0: that's going to be an afternoon game for everybody wednesday yes. very early start uh, to Two ten eastern It'll time and it's only going to be watchable me. on youtube oh yeah it's one of those at least it's not apple tv
1: Ugh, that was bad
0: yeah um, um <laughs> yeah
1: so yeah, I think that is a YouTube game. Good, good call it on that. Not have so, that. Uh,
0: how do you feel going into the week or the week with this one? Um, what are your expectations? Series win.
1: Yeah, you, you got to win this series. I mean, anytime you play a team that's last place in their division, Patrick, you you got to think that you got to win it, um, win the series because. You don't want to drop two out of three to a team that is seventeen and thirty-four. It's it would be a tough a tough uh, pill to swallow if that were to happen.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, this is this is kind of the this is a good week to make hay
1: because you have the the Royals, the Tigers, and then Baltimore. So you're playing three bottom feeders in a row. Ten games. You got to think you got to win seven of them to be, is
0: that our baseline? I would say go seven and
1: three. It means you can lose one game to each team.
0: Anything less than that's probably.
1: Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're 500 in these 10 games, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and ask what went wrong and what can we do better?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, but I mean, we've got, you know, uh, some good starters and we're yeah really we're only facing one that i think is well really tough and yeah
1: then... and singer gave up three home runs and seven runs over five innings to the astros this weekend on friday so he's coming off of a start where he got rocked and gave up three dingers didn't walk anybody but gave up three bombs so watch for that and that was a home game for the royals as well too but yeah that's fun <laughs> think we'll be back on Thursday. it's an off day for the Jays. so we'll review the Royal Series. hopefully it's a, a a better outcome than this twin series was. Then we'll get into a preview of the Detroit Tigers, our first look at them this year. and then once that series is over, we'll come back and preview Baltimore. So we've we've got some teams like I said that that need to be beaten. This is a week to make some make some ground up hopefully. hopefully I Yankees think i so. start losing
0: worth noting right now i know you hate it when i do this but right now the jays are in a wild card spot they are still chasing the division it's not completely out of reach the yankees continue to win they're on pace to win a hundred and something stupid number of games um yeah means nothing if you don't win the world series (laughs) uh so the pressure's on big boys uh i think that's it any last thoughts do we want to talk about Rafael Nadal? I know we're both oh, tennis yeah. nerds. Let's talk a
1: little bit about Rafa before we finish up. Uh, if you don't like tennis, you can feel free to head out now. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rafael Nadal won the French Open again earlier this morning, beating an I believe a Norwegian uh, in, in straight sets. It wasn't even close. Uh, I looked back to see who uh, Rude, I think that's how you say his name, played going getting here, and he had a very favorable bracket seems like the stiffest competition lost before he had to play them um and then he ran into the king of clay in the final uh the greatest clay court player of all time
0: oh god yes
1: like and i, I don't think it is even close like there's nobody in his universe at this point at 36 years old still doing what he's doing on clay is unreal I remember when when I was younger and like tennis players didn't really play into their mid thirties. Like you, if you're thirty two and still playing, it was like a considered like a feat back then, on the pro circuit. Yeah, and now you've got like Nadal, Djokovic, and I guess Federer to an extent still going in their late thirties, and still winning.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's if this the the Federer versus Nadal rivalry. I it was so much fun. My whole like my whole life of like watching tennis i was like i was a big fan of pistol pete uh i was a big fan of kim Kleisters. um do you remember uh martina hingis is that before your time yeah, it's yeah before, so
1: like for, for the big names when i was growing up were like andre agassi uh was still big Leighton hewitt was kind of in his prime then and then, yeah. like, when I was when I was a kid playing tennis, that's when Nadal, Federer, and, and Djokovic, and Andy Murray kind of came onto the scene. Those were the big four for a long time. And I was a Rafael Nadal fan. Because, uh, I, I, I don't know, I always had this fascination with clay court tennis. I've never played on a clay court. I've only ever played on a hard court.
0: Yeah, me too. And I always just had
1: this fascination with clay and, like, watching, like, how he would just, like, slide around and get to every ball. Like, you could, like... Smash the ball across the court and somehow he would get to it. And it was just the guy was just like a wizard. And then when I learned that tennis is the only thing he does left handed, he's actually right handed. But his uncle Tony, his coach, thought that playing tennis left handed would give him an advantage, taught him how to play tennis left handed.
0: Yeah, it's pretty I crazy. I was a <laughs> I was a Roger Federer yep. guy just because he's so friggin' dominant at Wimbledon. Um, there were, lar- like, uh, from 2003 to 2006, he won it. Uh, or, no, for, uh, all the way to 2007, he won five Wimbledons in a row. Yeah. Couldn't be touched on the grass. But Nadal is just a, a, an absolute god on the clay courts. I think he has the most, or he doesn't have the most Grand Slams, but uh, among active players, he has the most mm-hmm. Grand Slams. Um, Man. Just, we're living in a golden era of tennis. And Canada has some good players, too. We've got Milos, Raonic, um...
1: Felix aliassim and Denis Shepovalov on the men's side. Yep, yep. Shepovalov.
0: Uh, what happened to the other fellow there? Vasek Pospisil. What happened he to him? He was
1: never that good. <laughs> he was more of a doubles player. And did pretty well at that. He won a few titles, so... Um...
0: Leila yeah, Fernandez I,
1: I is great on the, female, on the women's side right now.
0: I believe awesome. Pospisil is still playing. He's 31, though. I think he might be outside of the... But there's never been a more dominant player in Canadian tennis history than Daniel Nestor. True. Yep. Daniel Nestor, I would argue, and this is maybe... It's not intended to be an affront on the Bryan brothers... But I think Daniel Nestor is the greatest, like, singular doubles player of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hot hot take, maybe? He does have the great... He, he has won all four Grand Slams as uh, in doubles. Yep. Uh, never really had very much success as a singles player. The Bryan Brothers, though, they... I mean, they have won uh, quite a few more titles than them but they're i see them as kind of like a team Well, nestor was he, he had done it with like he had mark Knowles, he had nanad zimanovich uh sorry if i mispronounced that uh he's done some he's won four mixed doubles titles anyway i know everybody loves bianca uh and i don't disagree uh, bianca has one title and uh she's really i don't know she's been off and on she so was hurt some injuries for a while. yeah uh, that really kind of fucked up her mojo for a few years um, since her her win at the US Open i'd like to see her bounce back so i i just i just think she's a tremendous player uh, this is like the golden era though of tennis lots of countries now are rising up canada we're seeing a lot of canadians but rafael nadal man there's never going to be anybody else even remotely close to uh to being as dominant as uh, Mm -hmm. as Rafa I think that's it man
1: I think that's it too yeah no Uh, like I said we'll be back on Thursday the Jays have an off day which is nice we get to not have to record it after a game we can actually put some more time into preparations we're gonna do another farm update eventually whether it's Thursday or maybe our next off day give the boys on the farm some more time to pitch I could just do a whole episode on Ricky Tiedemann at this point. I don't know how that fun that would be for everybody else, but I would love it. Um, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. DM or tweet us your questions. We had a few listeners send us uh, recipes and ideas for plant-based stuff that we talked about last time, so appreciate you for that. Shoutouts. Uh, you can listen to the show on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Website is bfmdpodcast.com. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to the episode. If you you want to help us out, leave us a review or a star rating on Apple and Spotify to help more people find us. For Patrick out in Halifax, I'm Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.